When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought about space in my cramped apartment, but in this house, all I see is empty space. The sofa and ottoman look like tiny islands in a sea of hardwood floors. I could get two ottomans in the living room, but then I'd need another sofa. I could tell people I'm into minimalism. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home at auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Fucking rock music sucks, man. I hate it. I'm just so fucking bored of it. I hate it. Fucking waste of time. It's like, it's not really the music. It's not, it's not sitting on a stage playing guitar um, or drums and singing. That, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is all the mythology that goes with it. I have a real fucking problem with it. And welcome to No Filler. The music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. In each episode, we'll dive into a little history of the artist and the album of choice, with snippets from interviews and concerts, as well as music from the album itself. On this week's episode, we're diving back into Radiohead, and we're going to take a look at their 2001 release, amnesiac my name is quentin i've got my brother travis with me as always and happy new year brother it is 2019 how are you feeling i always like the years that are even numbered why i don't know it just <laughs> sounds better uh, 19 it's like we're in between you know the tens and the 20s you know this is the last year of the the 2010 decade. So I think next year is going to be sweet, dude. 2020. That's yeah. going to be awesome. I mean, we're not going to get into political stuff, but there's a lot of reasons why 2020 is going to be good, bro. <laughs> uh, well, I guess it depends on what happens. Uh, and what, uh, which, which flag that you, the flag you like to fly. Or <laughs> I don't know. I'm holding my breath, man. Holding my breath. So, we're doing it again, man. And by doing it, what? I mean this podcast, dude. We're doing it. We, we, we've we done it for a whole year now. We're diving into <laughs> 2019, and we're fucking going head first, bro. <laughs> I'm excited to get back into it, man. Um, 
Well, it's not like we took an extended break or anything. I know, I know, but I'm just, you know what? I'm just stoked that that we're continuing to do this every week, and uh, we're getting back into Radiohead. I feel like they're an awesome band to start a new year. Um, Indeed. Yeah. So, Kid A and Amnesiac, all written and recorded throughout the same time. So, let's get our what's your hit? Well, yeah. so let's do our what you heard real quick and then we'll get into some amnesiac um i'm gonna let you go first dude because i know you're gonna be stoked to hear to hear what i got so what you got for us today brother what you heard recently so uh as you know i've been on sort of an extended uh break from work yeah you lucky bastard so well you know not gonna, not gonna brag about it. <laughs> but um, so I've been, you know, had some free time, watching some movies here and there, and uh, I've always known that this movie was uh, kind of a flop, but I wanted to watch it anyway because I have a coworker who's really into Doom, like big time, like everything Doom related. And I'm talking about the video game. Not not Doom Metal. For once, I'm not talking about Doom Metal. I'm talking about Doom, the 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 video game that sort of changed video gaming forever. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, some of you may have seen the movie Doom that came out in 2005, and you would probably agree with me when I say that it's not exactly um, the greatest video game adaptation. Um, but you know it's it, you know it's just your good old fashioned sci-fi action, dude. But now that Doom, I think about right? it, I feel like we saw that maybe in the theater. We may have, we may have seen it. We were we were still in high school. I feel like I may have seen yeah. that, dude. Who was in that? The Rock. Okay, dude. We definitely saw that, man. And yeah, you're right. It was campy, but like in all yeah. the right ways. It was it was cheesy in all the right ways. Yeah, I mean, make no mistakes about it. It's not a good movie. But sometimes, you know, that kind of that kind of film just kind of hits the right the right spot, you know. Oh yeah. So anyway, I I, I pulled that up on Netflix the other day just for shits and grins, you know. And um, I guess I totally just this slipped my mind, but I used to listen to the soundtrack all the time. Maybe maybe even uh, like I'm not convinced that, that I saw this in the theater. I may not have, but I remember I I listened to the soundtrack. You know, I may have come up on uh you know. A Pandora radio station or something, right? But I listen, I listen to soundtracks all the time to movies and video games that I've never seen or played, right? But anyway, this soundtrack is great. Um, it's it's Clint Mansell, who is kind of well known for doing the uh, "What Cream for a Dream" soundtrack, and he also did "Moon" that sound uh, that movie with um, Sam Rockwell that came out in two thousand nine. Yes. Yeah, uh, he's done a bunch of really interesting things, but he did the Doom soundtrack. And so, anyway, just for you know, I feel like I I, I don't play too many soundtracks on here, if ever, you dude. Know? And I know how uh, much you love soundtracks, man. So, yeah, exactly. So, anyway, just for fun, uh, we're gonna listen to the uh, the title, the 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 theme song, the Doom song. It's called Doom. Uh, and again, this is by Clint Mansell, and it's off the 2005 movie Doom.
Man, that's a fucking kicking ass and taking names song, dude. Like right from the beginning, it's like that better be in like a really sweet, like action-packed scene in the movie. Well, I, th- I think that's just the. I, I don't know if that even shows up in the like in the film. I think that's just the theme song, you know, like yeah. plays during the the closing credits or something like that. But yeah, yeah, that's really cool. If you've ever if you've ever played any Doom game, that's what Doom's all about, dude. Right, kicking right, ass, right. taking names, taking names. But anyway. All right, dude. Let's 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 hear your pick for the week. All right, so uh, hmm, I don't know, three or four days ago now, I did like a deep clean of our garage because it needed to happen, dude. Let's just say if you're an Amazon Prime member, you know the struggles, dude. It's, dude, it, it, it's I've never seen so many of those boxes. That's this what year. I'm saying, man. <clears throat> and it was taking up too much space in our garage, and you know, a bunch of other junk I needed to fucking sort through and figure out. Anyways, I needed a soundtrack for for cleaning, and I just I listened to Foles from Antidotes all the way to their latest album. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, what went down? Anyways, we covered um, Foles and their debut album Antidotes. That was our eighth episode. Uh, that album came out in two thousand eight, as we mentioned before, and it still holds true. Foles will always be my go-to math rock band, you know, like they're they're just the best at that. Um, as far yeah, as it, man, it, the the way I see it, they fucking wrote the book on it, dude. And um, I got reacquainted with their second full-length, Total Life Forever, which came out in two thousand ten. Dude, it sounded like you said Turtle Life. <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> turtle life no. maybe, dude maybe that's just through our shitty skype connection um maybe but anyways dude uh, i i want to share the final track on the album um it's a song i completely forgot about and dude it's just so good man like the, the thing i like about this song there's just a really subtle gradual build from like the intro through the end of the song, really. And, like, you'll pick up on it, and uh, the clip that I've got is intro through first chorus. Um, they're just doing what they do best, dude. So this song is called What Remains.
You know, I gotta be honest. I don't think I've, if I've, if I've heard that song, it's been years because I don't, I don't recognize it. Dude, like I said, like I, I totally forgot that that song existed. So like when I heard it, man, it just got me in the feels, man. So, and dude, this is one of those prime examples um, of how, and you know, this is what we preach on this podcast. It is worth it to listen to an album all the way through and to pay attention to the songs that aren't singles. This is the last track on Total Life Forever. It's not a single. How many people, you know, hit stop? before they reach the last track on an album you know and you miss you miss out on on great music and i feel like a lot of times the very last track on an album is the last track like for a reason you know like a lot of times i I feel like bands are very like conscious about the first track and the last track you know because yeah it's the beginning and end of 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 whatever statement they're making on this album yeah yeah it feels like a lot of times the last track is almost like the encore you know yeah right so anyways man i i I fell in love with foals all again all over again this this past week and um yeah so that that was uh what remains the last track on their uh 2010 release total life forever so let's get back into some radiohead man when we left radiohead we talked a lot about the in-between from OK Computer to Kid A. A lot of shit went down, dude. With Tom York specifically, uh, he kind of went through a writer's block and like a existential crisis where he kind of was like second-guessing the whole rock and roll like path that that Radiohead was going down. It's the mythology behind the whole idea of being a rock star that he had, he has a huge fucking problem with is what he said. Like with the track, how to disappear completely. That's a song about how Tom York felt staring out into the massive crowd uh, that they were playing to in like an outdoor venue I forget what what country they were playing in, but it was during their OK Computer tours um, where, you know, with with that whole rock and roll mindset, he just felt like he was completely wasting his time and like he might as well not even be there. Um, Tom York, again, went through this weird state of like, uh, basically he was pretty much just like second guessing everything about his career chores. It's what it felt like from, from the interviews that I've read. And then he, he got into electronic music heavily between okay computer and kid a, and he finally got past that writer's block and he started to shift his focus on uh, rhythm over melody. Like the way he put it, you know, he just completely had it with melody. And that's, I mean, you know, you think about most mainstream rock bands, it's all about the melody, right? It's all about the the, the catch or whatever. Um, not the catch, the, uh, the hook. It's all about the hook, right? So unlike Kid A, they released some singles for this album. Um, so it kind of made it a little bit harder, harder for us to pick pick songs on this album that we really 
felt like needed to be shared because I don't know about you, but I might be wrong. It's one of my favorite songs on this album. One of my favorite Radiohead songs. Yeah, me too. And that's a single. And, and uh, same with uh, Knives Out. Knives, Knives Out. Out's one of my favorite Radiohead songs, and it's also a single. Yeah, so. and those are those are back to back tracks on this album. I might be wrong is the song that I I uh, played for our intro, so you got to hear a little bit of it. Um, but anyways, man. Listening to this album all the way through, I was able to find a, a few other great songs to share. Um, the first one we're going to play is the first track on the album. Um, it is called Packed Like Sardines in a Crushed Tin Box. right off the bat with this song being track one on this album if you remember with kid a with a lot of the songs he kind of masked his voice you know like behind effects and and other things Mm -hmm. but like with this album it's right back there in the forefront like i feel like it's a it kind of shows like the confidence that they all had as a band, uh, you know, post OK Computer, post the funk that they had to get through, you know, with Kid A coming coming out and and all of the band members, you know, feeling really good about that album. Amnesia comes out, and yeah, like Tom York's voice shines through again, and it's like a happy medium between what you hear in the bins and OK Computer and like the new stuff like the new sound that they have like when you hear kid a yeah well it's interesting that you talked about 
the like the masking and stuff that he put over his voice. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I've got like a. I'm recovering from a cold, so my voice might sound gravelly. Oh, no worries. Uh, so you remember we talked about that like on on OK Computer. Uh, I think it's the song OK Computer, right? Or uh, no, it's not no, that. Paranoid it's, it's Android. One, uh, it's fitter, happier. It's that voice, right? Yeah. That robotic sounding voice, and then they they do it again on um, they they do it again on on Kid A. Uh-huh. On Kid A, the song Kid A. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, and then they bring it back again on Amnesia. They That's do. the point I was getting to. On track three, on, um, right? Polk slash pull revolving doors. Yeah. Yeah, dude. They, they I, bring that back again. So I was on the fence about whether or not we should play a clip of that. Because um, it's... I mean, maybe we could now that we're talking about it, it. But Yeah, let's do it. Um, it's. But the only reason I, I bring it up is because... And obviously, there's an answer to this question out there somewhere. But... My thinking is that like, it's not a coincidence that he uses that that voice effect on on every album now since OK Computer. Uh, OK Computer, like even it's got to be every album. It's really? like he, it, it's yeah. Well, like I, I, we just went through it. It, yeah. hap- it shows up on OK Computer, Kid A, and then Amnesia. Yeah, yeah. Those are their, those are in order, sequential order of when they came out. Yeah. So it's just interesting that that uh, it's almost like it's a recurring character or something like that you know yeah well yeah let's listen but it's got a really cool it's got a cool beat anyway i like so it I'm, yeah let's listen I'm happy to, it. to play so it. this is track three we'll just play a little a little bit of it um yeah this is called polk that's not a word p-u-l-k slash pull revolving doors It's that I I don't remember what episode or what band or song I was talking about, but it's got that sterile vibe, you know, like the like no, yeah. absolutely nothing human about it, you know, right. like that cold yeah. sterile vibe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so uh, so one thing I was gonna mention too, like I don't know if we got too much into this in our last Radiohead episode but something had to change with like the dynamic of the band um up to this point or up to kid a at least because tommy york was just a fucking dictator like it didn't matter what other band member like what ideas other band members brought to the table 
Tom York pretty much turned it all down. It was, you know, his way or the highway. Um, I mean, you kind of get that vibe from him, you know? Yes. That he's a control. Absolutely. Probably a control freak and probably a little bit of a... Um, Narcissist. An asshole. Yeah. Well, let's just say it. Let's just say it, you know? But no, but like what... <laughs> What it seems like to I mean, me, I mean, what it seems like to me is that, <laughs> and this goes back to you know this is why we we wanted to cover AFX Twin as a sidetrack, and we you know we we really want to focus on Tom York's discovery of you know IDM and down tempo you know electronic music. It's almost like he pulled a one eighty in all aspects of his life after he got into electronic music dude because like in interviews around this time he says like it was it, it was complete it's totally weird he says it was like starting the band again in some ways because a lot of the time you would have something written and then you would just go into the studio and just bash through it but now you know ideas come from all over the place which is great and much better and i so i mm. i kind of some of those words I pulled myself from the quote, but like that, the whole point is like, you know, it, it was like, it was like re- completely rethinking the whole aspect of, of the band. Like he realized, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a band with some amazing musicians with amazing ideas. You know, I need to let, I need to let their instruments and their ideas shine through like you know wait so when did he have that revelation because it sounds like you're 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 saying that he was difficult to work with yeah you're saying it, it he changed it on this album that he let them have some input okay so i i'm 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 pulling from an interview that came out in august of 2001 so uh this was an but but he's talking okay. he, he he he's referencing the 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 interviewer was you know asking him questions about the time frame in between OK Computer and Kid A. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, what I want to know is like, where will, like, where are the other band members fingerprints on this album? You know, like, I mean, I know that, I know that, um, that Johnny Greenville, Greenville, I swear I'm going to, I butch that every, butch that every time. Greenwood. Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always think of Johnny Knoxville. That's why I say Greenville. (laughs) Uh, Johnny Greenwood. I know that he's he's heavy on the um, the computer programming side as well. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it makes you wonder about sort of the the the, the beats and stuff. Yeah. But we, I, I wanted to go back. I know we we're skipping around here, but that's fine. What what is the percussions on um, the percussion on that opening track that we played? I forgot to bring it up. The pack like sardines and a crushed tin oh, box. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is, man. Because it sounds like, uh, you know, it's it's definitely not a standard piece on the kit, you know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, dude. Some some kind of fucking. But it's whatever it is, it's cool. Yeah. But anyway, so um, before we play our next clip, I want to quote someone here real quick. So there is an artist that is responsible for the artwork. Um, starting with Kid A through to Hell to the Thief. His name is Stanley Donwood. Uh, he's a friend of the band. You know, he's a fan. And he was quoted as saying that 
So, okay, he, he is quoted in reference... Okay, hang on, let me see how I can... Okay. Um, he is quoted as saying that Kid A is like, you pick up the phone, you call somebody, and there's an answering machine on the other end. With Amnesiac, you get through to that person, and you're engaged in the conversation. So I really like that quote a lot. So the way he sees it, you know, kid a is, you know, like the, I don't know how to say it. Maybe like the blueprint of Radiohead as they are now, you know, and then with amnesiac, it's like, you're, you're seeing the full idea realized. Yeah. So it's like, they're, they're kind of flirting with the idea. And kid A, and then dude, again, like let's let's drive this point home here. These are songs and ideas that they were working on and writing all around the same time. Like Kid A and Amnesiac, it's the it's all the same era of Radiohead, you know. So here is our second pick from the album. Um, this song is called. Uh, hang on, what do we do next? Oh, okay. So the next song that I'm going to play for you is track four. It's called you and whose army and we're playing the whole song. So here it is. Come on, come on. You think you drive me crazy. Come on. Come on, you and you, I mean, you and your. 
Yeah, I love that uh, that change, the tempo change that happens. For me, that song, I just love the intensity behind it. You know. Well, I mean, it's it's such a slow song. Like it it starts so slow, you know, and yeah. there's almost no instruments besides his voice, and then everything slowly comes in, and it really really changes the feeling of the song and his his voice you know picks up and gets more uh you know he's really starts because i mean he's almost like he's almost uh i don't know speaking i mean it's it's a it's a singing voice but it's not it's very passive you know yes dude and that's i feel like that all just goes back to his hatred towards melody during this era of of his songwriting you know like 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 he he tries to drive home and like think back to the intro clip you can hear his annoyance and anger with just the basic the music you know the rock and roll music he fucking hates it dude so you know these two albums like you're saying like it's it's a very passive it's not it's not very melodic um, but man, that's what makes I, it so. I feel like I need to, I want to look more into this because like, I want to know, I mean, you know, this is post grunge, yeah. right? This is like Radiohead, you know, they started in the, in the early nineties yeah, and sort of, you know, if, if, if he grew tired of rock in the, through the nineties while they were doing their first few tours and stuff. Yeah. Like I wonder if he didn't like grunge music because that is what rock and roll was in the '90s, you know. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, I'm trying to figure out if he grew tired of rock, as in grunge rock. You know, like the the more heavier rock stuff, or was he just tired of just big quotes rock whatever that means you know like the big umbrella term of rock music yeah i mean because he was tired of like the lifestyle too right we're not tired of it just he didn't like it like he didn't like he felt uh okay he didn't feel like he needed to 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 do it or he probably was like feeling i'm sure when they were on tour and stuff like that lifestyle is thrown in their face you know and he was probably just like like this is not this is fake, you know. Yeah, dude. I'll go back to a quote that I that that I said of him on our Kid A episode. He says, "There's nothing more boring than a rock and roll star, someone who has been on the road for ten yeah. years, expecting attention wherever he goes, drinking himself stupid, who is obnoxious, incoherent, uncreative, and has a massive ego. There is nothing more pointless." So. Yeah. Yeah, he he just felt like, I feel like for Tommy York he felt like, okay, there's an obvious path that I can take, where it guarantees me success, it guarantees the band success, and I can continue down this road, you know, um, or I can, you know, and that's where that's where his creative, you know, mojo gets lost, where he feels like I, you know. I don't want to be this person. I want to do something completely different. And that might mean that I'm not going to, you know, get the, this attention wherever I go, but I don't care if I don't change, I'm going to go fucking crazy. Yeah. And then that's when kid a is born and amnesiac and let's fucking play our next clip, dude. So let's do it. I mentioned in our kid a episode 
that I was going to play a track from Kid A on this album. Um, there is a almost like a I guess an extension of okay, it's not an extension. It's it's the exact same song. So they redo they they do their own cover of Morning Bell, which shows up on Kid A. Uh, they do their own cover of that song on Amnesiac. Um, so on Kid A, um, Morning Bell pops up on as track nine. It's like towards the end of the album, and then they play they play it again. Got completely reimagined on Amnesiac is track seven, um, and they call it Morning Bell slash Amnesiac. So like, here's Amnesiac's version of the song Morning Bell. So I wanted to play. So is that how they're positioning it as like this is a a separate version of the song? Uh, dude, like they're rethinking of this it. This is because I always thought of it as just no, no, no. This is why I wanted to play him back to back because yes, it is the okay. same fucking song. It's just, it has a completely different vibe. So, here is how Morning Bell plays out on Kid A. What a cool song, first of all. Dude, I, I, yeah, I fucking love that song. Um, I'll say it right now, dude. <laughs> okay, I won't say it right now. <laughs> uh, say it. No, I'll say it after, uh, the, after the Amnesiac version. But yeah, so 
Um, so with that, with with that version, you know, the drums are in the forefront. You know, the drums drive the song. Let's listen to their reimagining of it for Amnesiac. that's a more like a much more dreadful you know dark moody version which one do you like better dude yeah i would say i like the kid a version better same i feel like that's just for me because i'm a sucker for the b (laughs) that's what i was gonna say dude um but i think it's more it's a more effective but man i mean who does this you know what i mean like who 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 releases the same song well, dude, a reimagining of, of a song that they, they came out with on the previous, like, you know, who does, and, it's just one of those examples. Well, and it's not, of, it's not even like they waited 10 years. They waited, That's you know, saying. it's eight months. It's, it's back to back albums and it's not right. even like, you know, like, like, like one of our favorite bands, Fleet Foxes, they'll go four or five years between albums. Right. Radiohead, you know, they released two albums within, you know, less than a year's time. And then they released the same song. Uh, reimagined. I think it's cool. Like it makes me wonder: Did Tom York have these two different versions, and you know, like these two different vibes yeah. in his head, and so he wanted to share both of them? Or right. did someone it, it really like did someone else bring that different version to the table? Because now we know Tom York is starting to, you know. He's not as much of a dictator. He's letting the other musicians shine through. Like, what what made this song show up on on these two albums? Yeah, it, it just it makes you wonder the the thinking behind that, and like how many other songs, <clears throat> how many other Radiohead songs have alternate versions out there that never saw the light of yeah, day? Yeah, dude. You know? you know what? I bet we're gonna have one. It's gonna be one of those things where. You know, someone uh, like um, what's his name, dude? 
not uh, uh, Giles Martin, George Martin's son. He, he he continues to release these remastered, remixed versions of these Beatles albums with like dozens of outtakes and different versions. I wonder if we're gonna have the same thing with Radiohead in like a couple decades. I hope so, dude. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Yeah. So let's just go. Let's just dive in the in our last pick, dude. I got nothing else to share as far as like backstory. Um, so the last song that I picked for the album is track eight, which is the next song on the album after morning bell. Um, I love this song, dude. This is one of my favorite Radiohead songs. Uh, it's called dollars and cents. I just love the bass and drums in this track, man. Man, for me, with this song, like there, there's a few instances with their catalog that Tom York's voice just like gives me chills. This is one of those yeah. songs, man. Like the way he, yeah, definitely. Oh, God, dude, he's like, it's yeah, it's like a whisper, you know? Right. Oh man, and dude, the lyrics. Right. I'm gonna read the first verse. This is, a, this is one of my favorite few lines of his he says there are many things to talk about be constructive there are weapons we can use be constructive with your blues that's <laughs> such <laughs> so fucking cool man anyways there, yeah, there's a um, lot more of that song that that i could have played but i just you know I, I i want i want our listeners to fucking dive in and listen to this album all the way through so i left out the goods you know <laughs> yeah well yeah just this song just as a reminder of like the main the main reason aside from how amazing the, the actual music is separate from his vocals but tom york's vocals is why radiohead is such an incredible memorable 
Like when I think of and, and why I love Radiohead is because of his voice, you know. Yeah, and then nobody else is like him, dude. Nobody else does sings like he does and like changes his he he has such a wide range you know he's able to do things with his voice like you said it's almost like a whisper yeah almost in this song it's like well, dude he, he we, we a, talked about that on um on our okay computer episode i don't remember what song but you know we were talking about how yeah, they were it, recording in that that old you know mansion what song was that yeah. dude which one were we talking about that that was uh exit music for a film yeah same thing where it just like it especially uh, you have to listen to Radiohead with a good pair of headphones at least once all their albums because you pick up on things that you won't necessarily notice if you're just listening through speakers you know in like a large room or whatever Um, and that's one of those things like the way his his vocals shine through in the mix Um, dude and uh, I mean that's that's the other thing with Radiohead you've got Tom York and then you've got Philip Selwave behind the drum kit you got johnny and colin right. greenwood and then you got ed what does ed do <laughs> he's another guitar player <laughs> he's the bass player right no no no, no he's the other guitar no, player uh colin right. plays bass yeah 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 i mean it's just it's a fucking it's a powerhouse man i hate I, I hate the word powerhouse but that's dude that's what radiohead is man they're just it's just what dude it's on par with beetle with the beatles it's like man how the fuck did these dudes get together? How, you know, why are we right. so lucky? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah, he, he just has such control over his, his voice and he's able to finesse it, you know, and, and really just get any sort of like, like, you know, feeling out of, out of his voice, you know? Yeah. He's just such a master at it. Yep. And he always has been. Yeah, so um, I guess that's it, dude. That's that's my picks for Amnesiac, and um, I I don't know what it is about Kid A and Amnesiac. I feel like it's like I I didn't know this about Radiohead until I researched all this for this podcast. But like, I think it's cool that that Kid A and Amnesiac, for one, it's it's song ideas and and you know recordings that all happened within like a couple years not even a couple years like a year and a half and it was a 180 degree turn for not only the band as a whole but for tom york as a musician i feel like that's why these two albums have such a uh, like long lasting impact on me as far as like when i think of radiohead albums that are significant it's these two albums for me. Um, yeah. And yeah. when did, well, when did, hmm. uh, so hail to the thief. When did that come out? Uh, 2003. It was a couple of years later. I'm really excited to listen to hail to the thief because again, I'm purposely not listening to it until we, until we, we dive into it. Um, you, now you said, you said the dollars and cents is an example of where Tom's voice gives you chills, right? Oh Yeah. Well, there's plenty of songs on this album that uh, that do that, that have that uh, that impact and that like that sort of uh, chills down the spine, kind of hair yeah. standing up, kind of kind of vibe, you know. Dude, so, yeah, Radiohead is just one of those bands, man. It's gonna be hard to narrow it down, but um, there's only three singles on here. Two plus two is five is one of those singles. 
uh, they're there and go to sleep. Now, I will say they're there is a kick-ass song, but that's okay. There's plenty of great songs on here and there are plenty of great songs that aren't singles. So it's going to be hard for me to narrow it down, but we will have a sidetrack episode in between that. So I've got some time here. Yeah. But yeah, I will, I will be not only are we uh, going to have a sidetrack, we're going to have another full length episode in between dude. Oh, you're right. And here's what I was thinking, man. So for one, I want to thank you again for your Christmas gift, brother. Uh, Oh yeah. You, you gifted me, um, the Mercury programs debut album, a data learn the language on 180 gram vinyl. And dude, I've been listening to that. I, I, I've been listening to it nonstop, pretty much. Well, the funny thing is, I gifted myself that same album when I bought. Oh, that for you, of so. course you did, man. <laughs> and like, yeah, I, it's one of those things. Like, and that's that's why I love vinyl, like that format, because it f- almost forces you to fall in love with an album all over again. Yeah, that's the, right. I mean, really. So. I think I think we should do a data learn the language as our next full length episode. I dude, I love that idea but because yes, I mean really we haven't really really done an, an album like that yet. So no, it's it's instrumental like it's 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 not really jazzy, but it's dude, it's almost it's, got a math. It's got some math rock. It does in it, have math like, rock, but it's instrumental. Yeah, dude. Yeah, let's fucking do. Let's it, do bro. it, man. That's a great idea, and that's what a great album too. Fuck yeah, man. Oh my God. And a real change of pace from what we've been doing lately. So yeah, let's do that. Cool. All right. So let's, let's finish this up. Um, so as we've fucking driven to the ground at this point, Tom York got into electronic music heavily and out came Kid A and Amnesiac because of that. So, uh, he mentioned Aphex Twin as being one of those artists that he got into. He pretty much just got into the entire Warp catalog, which is a, a you know really famous electronic music record label. One of the other artists that he mentions is a guy that goes by Autocure. I think that's how you say it. That's my best guess. Um, so... I listened to a few of his songs from around that era, you know, 98 through 2000. And if you remember on our sidetrack for Aphex Twin, I had mentioned that there's a lot of Aphex Twin music that I just couldn't get into because it's too, like, glitchy. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know? like, Which is exactly what Tom York was, you know, he was just dying for the rhythm that's all he cared about and he got into that shit and it makes sense when you listen to this music because there is no melody in a lot of this it's just you know glitchy bleeps and bloops but uh there's a really cool song um that i came across on an album of his called actually i'm sorry it's a duo there's a couple of people involved here um it's an album called lp5 which came out in july of 1998 um this song's really cool because it like the entire purpose of the song is to bounce back and forth between tempos and almost do it in like a like a fluid way uh to where you know it'll pick up in speed and then slow down. It's really cool. Um 
And, you know, I like to imagine that this is one of the songs that Tom York fell in love with. So let's, we'll play, play out this episode with that song. Um, real quick here, as always, hop onto our website, nofillerpodcast.com. We've got our show notes on there for each episode. Um, there you can find links to all of our sources, um, you know, videos from concerts and interviews and whatnot. Uh, from things that we've we've pulled for the for each episode, we've got our track. Yeah, you know, it's list. funny. We we almost never post videos for interviews and concerts. I'm just gotta say that. I'm just gonna I'm gonna call us out here. Well, I just did that last week. Okay, That's I threw good. I threw in the interview with uh, Eklo because oh, I promised cool. that I well, would. There you go. So I yeah, man, I go back and and add shit. So yeah, All right. uh, we've got clips from interviews and concerts on there as well as the uh, as well as the track list for all the songs that we covered you know from the intro through the what you heard's and all the all the songs from the album <laughs> and uh yeah i don't know what we're gonna do for our sidetrack next week but we'll figure it out and we will shout at you again next week uh until then um here it, uh again we're gonna play out this episode with a song from Autocure. This song is called Fold 4, Rap 5. It's on their 1998 album LP5. My name is Quentin. My name is Travis. is right around the corner. So come for the games and have a ball in Arizona. With world-class resorts, unbeatable dining and nightlife, amazing scenery, and endless outdoor adventure. Make your visit unforgettable. Plan your getaway at myspringtraining.com. If you're looking to get a new car, you could really cut expenses by bundling your car and renter's insurance with Progressive. Sure, you love your old car, but you know it's not normal to give instructions on how to open the window. It should be self-explanatory, but it's not. And notice how when you're in other people's cars, you can feel cushion in the seats? That's pretty nice, right? No, it's just normal. So bundle your renter's and car insurance with Progressive and put the savings toward a new car. It's time. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 